Trauma, trauma, trauma. Everybody's throwing this word around and making it seem like this thing that's the cause of everything. But if you really want to know what it is, what PTSD is, and what it's not, stick around and watch. My name is Salman Mirza, and I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm going to walk you through trauma and PTSD evaluations. Starting off, I just want to say we're going to talk about trauma. Trauma is difficult, it's hard, and it can be triggering at times. So if this is something that you deal with, this may not be the video for you. We're not going to get into depths, depths, depths of stuff, but we're going to talk about stuff that may be upsetting. And it's more so it's going to be about how to do an evaluation for it. So that's something also when we're doing the evaluation is to keep in mind. When we're talking about trauma, we have to understand that it's difficult, that it's potentially triggering really hard, very emotional, and there can be some very raw emotional responses, physical and emotional. So we have to be aware of these things and know when to say, okay, we don't have to talk about this right now. When I do a trauma evaluation and we're, we really have to introduce and say, hey, this is a safe place, create that safe place and talk about it as a whole. I always say people and I give people the option of having what we call like an out at any point in time during the evaluation. So somebody can say, hey, the trauma happened, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to describe about it, and we move on. What I'll then kind of counter and say is, cool, we'll talk about when we need to, but let's talk about, let's kind of put the trauma in a box, say that this thing happened, something happened, and let's talk about the effects of it, how it's affected you. And when the time is right, we can open that box as needed. The APA, the American Psychological Association, defines PTSD as an emotional response to a horrible event like an accident, a rape, or a natural disaster. There's all these different types of trauma that are there that exist. So it's important to be able to kind of differentiate and suss out which one is which. There's acute trauma, which is a singular event, something that happened one time. There's chronic trauma. It's repetitive, repeated, and prolonged over an extended period of time. And that's something that we talk about more so in regards to like medical treatments that happened over a long time. We then also have to talk about complex trauma and or developmental trauma, which is an exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events that are often interpersonal and invasive in nature and oftentimes will occur early in somebody's life and it occurs between or within a caregiving system. Vicarious trauma is second exposure to someone else's trauma and then the empathic integration of those experiences. An example of something like vicarious trauma is 9-11. When 9-11 occurred and we all watched it on TV, you know, while some of us were there, a lot of us weren't there, but we remember watching these moments, watching the events happening over and over again, and then the nonstop news around it. I work in the DC area, and I work sometimes with people who are federal agents, and they work in things like child pornography units, and they have to watch these things, they have to see these things in order to catch these perpetrators. And that stuff has an effect on the people working there. Other kind of traumas include historical trauma, which is cumulative emotional wounding over multiple generations due to a massive group trauma. So when we talk about racism, racism is a type of historical trauma that occurs. And it's something that, again, gets passed down a lot of times, which leads us to intergenerational trauma, which is experienced by those who have to live with people who have experienced traumas with adaptations that are there that people use to survive the initial traumas being passed down 
to the next generation. When we're jumping into the evaluation, it's really important to establish a bunch of symptoms that are there. So first thing we have to establish is that there was a trauma. And that's why we kind of go back and find what was that type of trauma that occurred? How do we define it? So we're looking for and evaluating for and seeing, hey, do you deal with something like nightmares? Do you think deal with things like flashbacks? And those things are, again, nightmares can be either of the event happening again or things that are somewhat like the event. Flashbacks can be what we describe as re-experiencing the event when we're awake. People will say like, hey, I was walking along and then I was transported back to my days in the army and the war and my buddy being, you know, blown away or you know, remembering or having certain triggers, certain things that smell or things that we see that will then experience or set off these flashbacks and or nightmares. The next kind of thing that we're watching for are things like avoidance symptoms. So essentially what we're seeing is, hey, are there things that remind you of that trauma that you then have gone out and made a, made a choice to, or made a conscious effort to avoid? So people who may have grown up in situations where there was a lot of domestic arguments, domestic violence, is that they will avoid TV shows or avoid movies where that's kind of the premise, right? So they may, because it may be triggering more upsetting to them. So why would you watch something like that? Another thing that we're asking for, looking for are changes in things like hypervigilance or hyperarousal. Hypervigilance is kind of scoping things out a little bit more, being more aware of your surroundings, looking for things so people will say things like hey whenever i go to a restaurant i always look and see where the exit sign is or i always make sure that my back is against the wall hyper arousal it then is kind of an exaggerated response to something so exaggerated like a startle response so people may have like a door shutting and then all of a sudden it gets very startled and they jump up and they get scared and they're like, oh, what was this? Because it may remind you of something. The other thing when we're looking to establish a PTSD diagnosis or a trauma diagnosis as a whole, any of those trauma spectrum disorders, is we're looking to have also a change, right? So a change in mood, a change in kind of emotions, a change in affective or emotional stability. Those are the things that we're looking for. Something happened, it had an effect, and now we are different and or change. Lastly, I, when I'm talking about PTSD, when I'm looking at trauma, I call it the great imposter in psychiatry because its presentations, its symptoms can look like everything else. People can be depressed after a traumatic event. People can be manic appearing after a traumatic event. People can look psychotic. People can turn to substances. People can have troubles with attention and focus based on trauma. So that's why it's really important to do all the time a trauma evaluation and really see, hey, is this ADHD or is this trauma or is it both, right? And we're always looking for is establishing that timeline. That's really important when we're doing a trauma evaluation. I think it is one of the most important parts of being a psychiatrist or doing any kind of psychiatric evaluation is doing a trauma evaluation or at least asking about it. And if you haven't done this, if you're not doing this when you're doing an evaluation, it's like you're not even doing the evaluation in the first place. So gotta do it, gotta ask about it, but gotta also know when to step back and say, I hear you, we'll come back to this when we need to.